Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Romans, the 11th chapter, Romans chapter 11. And we find there, get there myself. Romans, the 11th chapter. Scripture we have here, that's all Paul was writing. And the 29th verse, it says, For the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. And uh, on Wednesday nights next door, we've been uh, 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 speaking, or I've been ministering. Uh, really, I got on the subject. We were right in the middle of another series. We had actually were talking about finances next door. And our, the title of our series was Chasing Paper. And uh, we actually started this last year. And uh, before Pastor got on, got on the subject here, so we started last year, and just one thing after another kept getting delayed, and, and we'd come back to it for a week, and then we'd get delayed again, other things would happen. So um, uh, we were moving along in that series finally, and, uh, and then it had just a, an interruption in the middle of that um, uh, for one week, I thought. And so we started talking about the gifts and callings of God, and uh, you can put the slide up if you like, and uh, the call. How many like Steve's uh, Photoshop work here? He's, he's doing a good job. He's growing. Let's give him a good golf clap for his, uh, there you go. Okay, good. Not too excited, just real controlled. So, uh, we don't want him getting a big head. So, uh, but his Photoshop skills are coming along. Uh, but, uh, we interjected this, uh, a one week little message on this and it really turned, it turned into five or six or seven. I'm not sure how long we've been talking about it. And uh, like I said, it's something that, uh, uh, is still stirring in my heart and something that, um, uh, I believe is, uh, uh, for me, it's still something that I'm focusing on and looking at is the fact that each of us have a call on our life. And uh, let me grab some water here. Thank you, babe. Dry mouth this morning. That's what you get for making fun of Steve's Photoshop. But, um, and so this idea of the gifts and callings of God has been something that... Um, has just been stirring on the inside of me for, for quite a while. And really, um, it's, it's a subject matter that is something that has really been something that I've gone to and, 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 and been drawn back to a lot over the years. And uh, it's not just because I'm in the ministry, but really it's something that uh, uh, being raised in the environment I was raised and, and seeing the truths that I've seen and really uh, something that stayed very real to me throughout the years is the fact that there's a call in my life. And, um, uh, it, of, of the greatest importance of things that I do is to fulfill what God has asked me to do. And so it's something that, that drives me. It's something that is a continual, uh, 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 an issue or something that I keep in front of me to keep my attention and my focus and my direction where it needs to be. And, you know, there's a lot of distractions that are out there and there's a lot of stuff that's out there for our attention. A lot of things that are trying to divert us off the course uh, that we're on. And so, like I said, we were talking about this and uh, on Wednesday nights next door. And, uh, in case you wonder what goes on next door, we don't just do, we don't just do games and things. We actually talk about real stuff. And so, and, and we'll challenge the teenagers quite a bit, uh, in different areas. And this, uh, this series has turned into, had turned into a very challenging, uh, uh, series. And so I don't know if you grew up in a church or grew up as a teenager. It's something that oftentimes is spoken about in youth groups and things that are ministered to, to teenagers about the call of God, because they're in a place where they're making decisions that'll affect the rest of their life. 
And uh, I know, you know, I am where I am today because of decisions that were made. Thank God for praying parents. Amen. Thank God for praying parents that, that stood uh, in times, you know, even at 15, 16, 17 years old, you think you've got it all figured out. Uh, but you come to learn that you don't, right? And can anybody, anybody say who's got kids say amen, right? And um, you guys didn't hear that over there. So you, you know what you're doing. You're perfect. But anyway, um, you know, there were things that, that my parents really, uh, by the direction of the Holy Spirit, uh, spent time praying and really helped uh, to lay a foundation for my life. And, and decisions and things that were made uh, during that time period were things that were pivotal uh, for me being where I am. But how many know that just because you're not in that stage of life anymore, the decisions that you're making right now are still setting the course for your tomorrow? You know, I've had, uh, like I said, done youth ministry for a long time. I had a parent recently say to me, um, had come to me, and they were bringing their teenager and, and had made the comment, no, they, they don't come to church here. They were bringing their teenager here, and, but they themselves aren't going to church anywhere. And they had said, you know, looking back, I'm so glad that their, their child was, you know, their teenager was coming. He said, I'm so glad they're coming, and, and they're really enjoying it. He said, and he said, you know, I look back, and that was the greatest period of my life. Is the time my teenage years was the greatest time of my life. And, you know, we should all enjoy every single phase and portion of our life. There is, there is blessing. There is provision. There are experiences that go along with every single phase. But, you know, uh, having done youth ministry for a long time, and, and, and some of the adults in here actually were in the youth group here. And so I've seen them transition uh, from, from being a teenager to being into adult. It's a subject that we talk a lot to that age group, but it's something that a lot of times people lose focus on as they get older because life happens right? Life happens and things come up and things arise. And, and it, at one time in your life, there might've been a period where you had great vision and great hope for tomorrow. The scripture in Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts that I think th- towards you says, Lord, it's thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. One translation says to give you the future that you hoped for. So we read these scriptures, and especially when, when we're younger, so to speak, and, and things are fresh and new, and it's a, it's a great big world of opportunity in front of us, in front of us we, are, we approach it with open hearts and with an expectation of, of tomorrow. Because the truth is, God does want to give us the future that we hope for, not just a good future, but the one that will actually meet the need in your heart, the one that will be the very thing that you were created for. God doesn't want his kids living life, a life that at the end, it's a life full of regret of what they missed out on, but it's a life that's fulfilled because of what they were able to do. And it's something that satisfies the desire that's on the inside of them. But what happens a lot of times as we get older, and I've been there, I understand what it's like. Life happens and things come up and our vision of tomorrow begins to fade right? Our vision for what can be phased without vision. The Bible says people perish. One translation says that people are demoralized without vision. And so this idea of the gifts and callings of God is something that we must keep in front of us. Because like I said, no matter where you are today, no matter where you find yourself today, no matter what life has brought your way, there still is a tomorrow that is to come. And I don't know about you, but when tomorrow gets here, I want to be ready for it. And you might have been in a place where you're, you've reach, or reached a lot of tomorrows and you got there and you weren't quite ready for it. But you can change that. You can get those things altered and turned around and back on course. And it should be something that we keep in front of us. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. 
Well, another translation of that says, I believe the Amplified, it says, for God's gifts and his calls are irrevocable. He never withdraws them once they are given. He does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Let me read that again. He never withdraws them once they are given, and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Like I said, life happens. You might find yourself in a place where you say, well, you know, my vision of tomorrow, what I thought I was going to do, I never saw myself in this career. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe it's what you thought it would be. Maybe it's far better than what you thought it would be. Or, or maybe far less than what you thought it would be. Maybe you say, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see myself having three kids. I'll be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't see myself with three kids, but that woman of mine, she just wanted lots of children. So, so we ended up having. I didn't see myself in this situation. You may, you may have more kids than you expected. You may be in a spot where you don't have the kids you thought you were gonna have. See, we 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 put our our. Our, we, we place our value and our worth and our satisfaction in all of these things. And if we don't keep our vision where it needs to be and what God's word says in the fact that there is a, a, a call upon your life, it's easy to let circumstances in life begin to dictate where you go instead of the call that's on your life dictating where you go. Life happens to all of us. It's so easy to, to get into a place, right, where we look around and we think, man, this is, this is as good as it gets. No, it's not as good as it gets. There is another life that's coming. And we must meet that. We must be ready for that. We must be ready when it comes to meet that with, 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 with boldness. And so the best way to do it is to start living every day with a sense of call on your life. Like I said, this is something that is, that is, is, is something that's very real to me, but it's very real to me from the fact, not just from a personal standpoint, from the fact, from the, uh, the standpoint of every individual, there's a call upon your life. There's a call upon your life. Let me ask you, are you, are you living aware of that call on your life? Is it something that has even entered your mind in this last week? Are you just doing what you do or are you doing what God's asked you to do? Is there, you know, these are things we have to ask. We have to evaluate. I'm always in a place of evaluating wh- where I'm at. I'm always in a place of evaluating what's going on. A- am I staying? You know, Amy's a pilot. And, and as you put in the, you put in coordinates, you're always having to make course adjustments. You're always having to, to you, your destination is in this place or that place. And you're always having to, to, to check where you are and check your, your readings and check your stuff. What are you checking? She says stuff is good enough. So you're checking your stuff, right? And so you're making sure that, that you're, you're, you're always staying. Listen, having a vision, having a goal, if you're not making sure that wind isn't blowing you off course, if you're, if you're not making sure that, that outside elements outside of your aircraft aren't affecting you, when you get to where you're going, you might not be where you expected, right? It's very easy to think you're going one place and show up somebody somewhere entirely different. And there may not be a runway for you when you get there. And so you have to always be adjusting. You have to always be adjusting. You have to always be adjusting. have to always be adjusting. Let me tell you, that can be some of the most painful things. And one of the things for me, the Lord's been dealing with me about, and this is just something personal, is about making sure that my, my uh, 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 intentions of my heart are right. 
Always making sure that I'm doing what I'm doing for the right reason. Those are course adjustments. Those are th- and, if, and if your call, if what God has for you is important, it'll be something that'll draw you back. It'll be something that you will, you'll look to to make sure you're making that adjustment. You're correcting that. You're making that heading adjust. You're making that a course adjustment. There are gifts and callings for every single one of us. I tell you, it, it's something that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about not just for me. I'm passionate about it for you. I want all of us to, 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 when we get to where we're going, when we get to the other side, to be able to stand before the Lord and have him say, well done, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. Not just, well, you're done, right? There's a, there's a difference. And some may only get a well, and not even you're done. Just, well, right, Zach? All right, good. I like to pick on Zach. It's amplified of that Bible says that he never withdraws them once they're given. He does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. The message Bible says that God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. Like I said, we're all positioning ourselves for what lies ahead. And it's something that we must keep in front of us. Amen. Go with me over to Ephesians, the the, uh, second chapter. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Don't you love God's word? Ephesians chapter 2. I'm so thankful we've got his word. It helps us stay on course. Amen. And this will be uh, just some things this morning I believe will be a help to you. But in Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship. Every time his workmanship. Woo, see yourself for who you are. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Like I said, there is a, a call and an assignment upon each of our lives, and, and there are things that God has prepared for each of us to walk in. And I think a lot of times we, 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 we see these things and we think in terms of ministry, and, and in terms of ministry, that's true, but as individual believers, there is something for you, a work God has prepared, not just prepared it, but he's done it so that you would walk in these things. The Amplified Bible that says, for we are God's own work, a handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, notice, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. The best life you can live is one that's in his steps. The best life you can live is the one pursuing the things that he has prepared for you to do. Amen. Pursuing those things that God has prepared for you. That's where living the good life really comes. The message Bible of that says he created each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in doing, doing the works he does or doing the work he does. You know, I, I think we, it's, it's something that we oftentimes it's easy to look at this as a drudgery. Or, as, or just, oh, I got to do this stuff. It says here that we've been created by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. We've been created in Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. Our, our life 
is joining Jesus in what he does. Whoo, that's a blessing to me. We get to join our master. It says the good work that he's gotten us, he's gotten ready for us to do, work we better be doing. <laughs> I like that work we had better be doing. And so, you know, this subject, like I said, is something that uh, uh, is of the utmost importance. And, and, and first of all, I've already said this, but no matter where you find yourself, it's not too late for you. And I just had it in my heart this morning. There are some here that in some areas you've almost given up on some things. You've given up on some areas. Or you've let areas begin to, to, to really have too much influence over where you're going. Those things that he's prepared for you, he has not changed his mind. But we had better be busy doing those things. We had better be busy doing the things that he's called us to do. Amen? I know these things are, can, can be subjects, and I've told this to the teenagers. It can be a little bit sobering and a little serious at times, but, but I'd rather hear this stuff now than hear it later. Hear it on, on this side where I can get it right versus hearing it on the other side where I was just aware of where I didn't quite measure up. There are things he has for us to do. So there's several things we'll just list here that um, I believe will be a help to us. In Deuteronomy, I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 30. This is uh, verses 19 and 20. And I like the way it says it in the New Living. It says, today I, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. Isn't it interesting that choices are always between life and death, blessing and cursing? Now, there are some choices in what, what clothes you wear today that may not have that kind of attachment to it. But when it comes to the pursuit of your life, it's life and death, blessing and cursing. Today, I've given you the choice between life and death, blessing and cursing. Now, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. We've got people looking at us and watching what we do. It says, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Oh, that you would choose life that you and your descendants might live. How many know that our choices don't always end, our, the, the effect doesn't always just end with us? The choices we make definitely affect those that are coming behind us. Verse 20 says, you, make, you can make the choice by loving the Lord your God. Notice it always starts with loving the Lord your God. Let me just, as a side note, let me just ask you, are you as in love today with God as much as you were when you first knew him, came to know him? Let, let, this, let this be something that is a continual pursuit of you to always just love Jesus and love our Father more every day. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. Notice this is the key to your life. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Uh, a willingness to do whatever he asks us to do is of the utmost importance. And it's something that we have to maintain on a daily basis, the willingness to do whatever he asks us to do. Something Brother Hagen had said in, in a book that really, uh, I don't know if we've ever featured this book or not, Following God's Plan for Life. Did we follow that? Yeah, we did. A book that uh, had, a, had a huge impact on my life. I, I remember the Winter Bible Seminar, I think it was 1991 maybe, uh, 90 or 91 when the book came out. They, they introduced it at Winter Bible Seminar, and as I got the copy of it, I think I read it through several times that week before we left, just read it through. And, and it's something that uh, has had a, had, had a real mark on me, that book. And something he said in it, and, and as I've always remembered this, he said, there seems to be a lack of deep consecration 
to do, to do God's will among some Christians today. Said so recently, I was thinking about the difference between my experiences in full gospel circles 50 years ago and, and, and today. As I compared, compared full gospel believers then and now, I realized there wasn't nearly as much sickness among spirit-filled Christians 50 years ago as there is today. So you can see there's a difference in how the quality of life that people are living and the things that people are experiencing. How do you know that, that what we experience in life is tied to these things? They're tied to this. Now, we have an enemy that's arrayed against us, and, he, and we have to resist him. But, you know, our choices do affect things that happen in our life. He said, I remember the great manifestations of the Holy Spirit we used to experience in our meetings. The move of the Holy Ghost was also much greater and in more consistent demonstration back then than it is today. And as I was thinking about this, the Spirit of God said to my spirit, yes, and the consecration of my people was greater too. So let that soak in. Whether we choose to consecrate ourselves to obey God or choose not to obey God, it affects every other area of our life. Whether we choose to obey or not obey God, it affects every other area of our life. And I can tell you that is such a true statement. Consecration is just simply a willingness to do whatever he says and an openness to do whatever he says. I hope everybody's listening this morning because it's something that you have to stay on top of. I don't know about anybody else. There have been times where I've been consecrated and willing to do whatever one day and the next day not so much. Because it's always one thing to say, I'll do whatever, but when the, when the thought or the, or the prompting to do something you don't want to do comes along, suddenly I'm not quite as willing to do that anymore. Right? Oh, dear Lord, I'll do anything. Just don't send me to the tiny tots. I'll do anything, Jesus, but just not that. Who, all, who in here works in their tiny tots department? Oh, yeah, they won't even put their hands out. They're so beat down by working it. No, they're not. If you work in the tiny tots, let me see. Let me see them here. All right, we got people working in the tiny tots. I'll do anything the Lord tells me to do. And thank you for working in the tiny tots. Isn't it better to have people working in the tiny tots, serving and, and being a blessing to our children? Right? Versus having to hear our kids scream. I know when my kids were little, I didn't want to hear them scream in church. So I'm glad they were screaming over there. So thank y'all. There's a special blessing, a crown of glory for people who work with little children in, in heaven. So, uh, but we're willing to do things. And yet when the Lord asks us to do something else that challenges us a little bit, suddenly that wall goes up. I remember Brother Hagin also giving the, uh, the, the example. He had, had been a pastor from, for, what, 12 years, was a pastor for 12 years. And, and so one of particular church, he pastored how many different churches? Was it eight? It was a bunch of churches during that 12-year period of time. So in 12 years, he was jumping around quite a bit. And um, uh, during this period, he had, he had pastored this one particular church that was, uh, uh, was a challenge, let's say. It was not some place that he just necessarily enjoyed being. And so the Lord moved him on from there. And so uh, at the end of this period, the Lord had been talking to him about uh, going back to this church. I forget which one it was, but had been dealing with him and going back to that church. And he just didn't even want to consider it. I don't want to do that. That's the last thing in the world I want to do. I, I would never be, I, no, I don't want to do that. He just wasn't open to it. And so finally he got his heart right. He finally said, okay, okay, okay. If you want me to do that, I'll do it. And so he said, uh, you know, Lord, I'll do it. And the minute he consecrated or laid his will down at the feet of Jesus in this area, the Lord said, I don't want you to go back there. I just want you to be willing to do it. I don't want you to do it. I just want you to be willing to do it. And so really, whether or not there's a, there's a willingness in our hearts to do whatever, you know, the Lord knows whether or not we're willing. 
He knows whether or not we're willing. And no matter what the area is, he really knows whether or not we're willing. Something else he said, a lot of Brother Hagin quotes here. He said, uh, he, said, he said, you see, God wants us fully surrendered to his will. He knows if we're not willing to obey him in one area, that unwillingness will carry over into other areas of our life and will hinder us from running the race he has set before us. An unwillingness in one area will, cause, will open the door for unwillingness in other areas. And it will hinder us from doing what God's called us to do. And so there has to be a willingness in our life, a true willingness to do whatever. Now, you know, people say, amen. I got a couple of amens this morning on that. And amen, amen. And, and I know that's, that can be challenging. But, you know, we've got to stay open to what God says. We have to stay open to what God says. We have to stay open to what God says. You know, we've got a great book that we have here. It is the best-selling book every year. Amy sent me a statistic this week. It's also the number one shoplifted book every year. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it's the most stolen book every single year. So people are buying the most and stealing the most of this wonderful book right here. It's, it's true. <laughs> that is crazy. Hopefully they'll read it, repent, and go back and pay for it. But anyway, we'll see. But we've got this right here. You know, when it comes to God's will for your life... If it says it, we just need to do it. If it says that we need to make adjustments where it says we need to make adjustments. I, a lot of times people are, are, are praying about direction or praying about this, praying about that, but yet they're not willing to do the, the things that are already written to them. That unwillingness in that area will cause an unwillingness in another area. Being willing to do whatever he tells us to do. I mentioned that last week, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. You know, there's safety for there, there for you. When you get to where you're going, there'll be the landing spot you thought there was going to be. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Let me ask you today, is, has the Lord been talking to anybody about some things that you've been hesitant to do? Has the Lord been dealing with anybody about things that you've been hesitant to do? Maybe it's as simple as just getting an attitude adjustment made. Maybe it's maybe it's simple. I, we've been talking about judging on Sunday nights. You know, maybe it's maybe it's just simple as making an adjustment in that area to see somebody in a different light. Maybe it could be about any number of things. You know, as the Lord deals with things and things are are brought to our attention, it's so important that we jump on those things quickly. I've noticed, for me at least personally, if I don't jump on something quickly, the, the, that his voice in that area will grow dimmer and dimmer. He'll begin to talk to me less and begin to, to have less to say to me about, about that area. But also notice that other areas start getting dimmer as well and less light in other areas because I'm refusing to, to obey in this area. I don't want to hear it over here. Well, now I'm, not, I'm having a hard time hearing it over here as well. So what's the Lord been talking to you about? I just know that there are folks here, the Lord's been talking to you about things, but you've been saying no. Or you've been trying, not saying no as much as being, I don't want to hear it. That is a no. It's just an indirect no. Right? It's like when you were a kid and your mom told you to take out the trash. It's one thing to say no, it's another thing to act like you didn't hear her. Right? <laughs> Same results in my house. was never good. And we tell our kids to do something and, hey, go do this. And, hey, go do this. And they never heard it. Hey, go do this. 
And, and finally, I'm like, I know they're hearing me. I know these guys can hear me. They're just tuning me out right now. You know, whatever it is the Lord's dealing with you on, be quick to respond to that. He may not ask you to do it. There are things that he may be bringing to your attention just to get your heart right. Just to make, just to, to an, an area of unwillingness in your heart, he may be wanting to address but if you listen to that and be open to that and be receptive to that, he, can, he, can, he might want you to do it. He may send you to Africa. As a teenager, I thought for sure God was going to send me to Africa. And he did. He did. But I, I, I thought more on a permanent basis, you know. And, and, uh, and, and, and actually, at first I said, no way. No, thank you. But uh, then I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he said, nah, you're not doing that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> whatever it is. A, will, a willingness in your heart. Be open to do whatever God asks you to do. It's such an important thing. The bottom line is this. Is Jesus the Lord of your life or just your Savior? Or is he, is he is your Lord? You know, there's a difference between someone, him being your Lord and being your Savior. There's a difference between being a master and, and being your source of fire insurance. Right? Is he your Lord or is he just your Savior? He wants to be more than just Savior. He wants to be the Lord of your life. All of our lives are his. All of our lives belong to him. There's not a single area that doesn't belong to the Lord. Amen? So let's be open to do whatever he's got to say. Number two, know what you have. Go over to Ephesians, the uh, fourth chapter, Ephesians chapter four. We're talking about uh, following the call and being receptive and, and obedient to the call that's upon our lives. So we need to be open to whatever he's got to say. And I'll say that on this area as well, if the Lord's not challenging you on a regular basis, you need to do some checking up. I've at least found that, that if I'm not being challenged and where I'm at, then I need to check up. Listen, God's never going to call you to do something that you can just do on your own. The call that's upon your life is bigger than you. Because we are co-laborers together with him. We're not doing this on our own. If it was just us, we wouldn't have needed him. So we need, he's going to continue to keep us in places where we're going after and reaching more for the grace of God that's upon our lives, right? Because we need that to accomplish what God's called us to do. So never get satisfied. Never get, get complacent in where we are. So you got to be yielded to what he's asking you. And number two, know what you have. Here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter in verse one, it says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. God is interested in how we walk. I know this may not be the most popular subject in today, but God is interested in, in the, the manner in which we walk. And we can walk worthy and we can walk unworthy. Would anybody here say that we've, done, we've walked a little unworthy in different areas? My hand would go up. When you see it, let's get it right. So I beseech you, I beg you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Notice the calling that you were called. I'm talking to every person today. This applies to you. You were called. Walk worthy of that calling with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another. Can I get an amen? Bearing with one another, right? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
Say, walking in love is so important. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Verse 7, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. But notice, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. You got to know that God's grace is upon you. Like I said earlier, life happens. And life has happened to a lot of people. I get that. But you got to know God's grace is upon you. And whether life was somebody else's decision or your own, God's grace is upon you. You got to know that. And it is amazing. God's grace is upon you. His grace is upon you. What he's called you to do, there's grace upon you to do that. Is that exciting to anybody this morning? There's grace upon you. And it's not yours. It's the grace of God that's upon your life. You got to know that. There have been times that the Lord has put something in my heart and I thought, dear Lord, you have got the wrong guy. Who are you talking to right now? Do you know me? Have we met? His grace is there. His grace is there. His grace is upon your life. You know, so much, there's, there's so much of lack and inadequacy in our lives where, where this subject comes in for as doing God's called us to do, where we see where we fall short. I mean, there are, there are people who live, and I gotta be honest, I've been there. When you're looking at some of these things and all you can think of is where you fall short. Has anybody been there but me? Where, where you look and you think, man, I mean, this is, this is, okay, I can see this and I'm willing to do whatever. You've gotten that part right. But when he starts talking to you about it, you start thinking, well, I don't have that. I, I, I'm missing in this area. I'm missing in that area. I, I don't have this. I don't have that. How many realize that whatever he's asked you to do, his grace is upon you to do it? You've got it. You may not see it, but it's there. You've got to trust him enough to believe that he knows what he's talking about. He wouldn't have asked you to do it if he hadn't graced you to do it. Like I said, these are not, I'm not talking about just ministry. I'm talking about, well, he's called you. You're calling maybe in the marketplace. It may be in the health field. It may be in this. It may be in that. Whatever he's called you to do, there's grace upon you to do it. If you try to live in another grace that doesn't belong to you, you'll fall short. Oftentimes on the surface where his grace is may be the place that challenges you the most. But there's grace there to do it. There's grace there to do it. Can I be honest with you? I don't like talking in front of people. What? I'm, I, I'm not just somebody who just enjoys talking in front of people. I don't, I'm just not crazy about it. We have the, the Christmas thing that goes on where we do those, you know. And there's almost like a knockdown, drag out fight in the office about who's going to emcee it or, or talk because I don't want to do it. You ever get that? Do you ever get that feeling that I'm really not that? Yeah, I mean, I gotta get up and talk. I'm not preaching. I'm just being stupid, and I'm like, I just don't. I just don't. I don't want to do that, you know, because it's not just something I just enjoy doing necessarily. But I can tell you this: if I don't do it, I'm not satisfied. If I don't obey necessarily what's in my heart, so God's going to make me do something I don't want to do. Not always. That's not what I'm saying. Let's not be crazy about it here. But there are things that are going to challenge you. 
I had to force myself to get used to doing this. I had to force myself to get used to obeying and giving room for that gift in my life. Are you forcing yourself to participate with that grace that's upon your life? Are you getting out of your comfort zone? Are you getting out of your comfort zone? Are you, are you reaching out to people whenever you just don't want to reach out to anybody? I mean, are you, are you investing in somebody when you'd rather just invest in yourself? I mean, well, are, you, are you reaching for things? There's grace upon your life to do that. There's grace. Everybody say, I've got grace on my life. So much of this sense of lack and inadequacy comes from comparison with others. It comes with a comparison with others. But it's not about what somebody else has, it's what, who God is in us, right? So let's not live in a place where we are falling short because we don't know who we are and what we have. Third area is to start where you are, to start where you are. And we talked to the teenagers about not being, just because, you know, not despising your youth, not looking down on your youth. How many know that's important? You may be, whether you're 14 or 25, don't look down on how old you are. But let me tell you this, if you're in your 50s, don't look down on how old you are. Smith Wigglesworth didn't go into the ministry until he was 50 years old. He didn't get born again until he was in his 50s, right? 40s, 50s, something like that. He, he was in his 40s before he got even, even got saved. This man yielded himself to the call upon his life, and he changed his generation. We're still feeling the effects of what Smith Wigglesworth did. Moses in the Bible. You talk about somebody who had problems, I mean, Moses finally woke up to who he was. Now, this is the same Moses that's in Hebrews chapter 11, that we consider the hall of faith, those who did great things for God. Moses is a guy that whenever he became aware of the fact that he was an Israelite and realized their plight, he wanted to do something. He, he messed up the plan of God so bad he murdered somebody and was exiled. Do you realize when he saw that burning bush and when he then, and then went to talk to Pharaoh, he was 80 years old. He was 80 years old. I think, well, I'm, I'm 80 years old. I don't want a new job, but he got a new assignment that day. Listen, no matter what age you are, young or more mature, you got to start where you are. You got to start where you are. Start right where you are. Moses, the bush was burning. He turned aside at 80 years old to see what the Lord would say to him. He turned aside and he looked at, all right, what do you have for me to do? Immediately he started questioning. I think you got the wrong guy because I can't even talk right. I can't even speak clearly. Started looking at who he was, not looking at who. Listen, God's talking to you through a burning bush. I think he can handle the fact that you can't speak real well. But he yielded himself to that. It's interesting of Moses, all the mistakes he made, all the things he did wrong, all of the, uh, the errors he made, and there are quite a few things that he did. He would get frustrated and, 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 and ended up not even going into the promised land himself because of disobedience. See, even in that area, he didn't, he didn't meet the mark in that area. But notice he's listed as someone that was a great man of faith. Because there's something about Moses no matter where he was, that call, that destiny was on his life, that was something that was going to drive him forward. Even when it wasn't comfortable, it was going to push him forward. Even when it wasn't convenient, it was going to push him forward. He was happy out there tending the sheep. But God had something else for him. Start where you are, right? 
Start exactly where. Start now. You can do this. And then the next thing, the last thing would be depend upon the Holy Spirit. You know, this is, uh, 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 thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know, our church is a, is a church that we're big on the, on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's an important subject around here because without it, we would be lost. For the plan of God to be accomplished in your life, you've got to be strong on the Holy Spirit. He's got plans. He's got purposes for you. Go with me over to uh, 1 uh, Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Second chapter. Verse 9, a scripture that we know, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen, Second Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 2, 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You know, what God has for you is going to be beyond your wildest imagination. And it may be something that you've gotten a glimpse of, but the, the how do I get there is just bigger than what you can, you can even possibly fathom. That's all right goes on to say, but God has revealed them, revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. We must depend upon the Holy Spirit. Yes, an adherence to do his word. Yes, an adherence to be faithful to do what he asks us to do. In every area, be faithful to do it. To, to the best of your ability, be faithful to do it. Be always may, be making those adjustments, but then learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Depend upon the Holy Spirit. Depend upon the Holy Spirit. The gift of being able to pray out mysteries and the plan of God in our life is something that is of such vital importance to us. How much praying are you, have you been doing about your future? How much praying are you doing on a regular basis about where you're headed? Is this something you only thought about when you were 16 or are you still thinking about it at 60? Right? How much time are you investing in that? The Lord's been calling me to spend more time in that area. He's been calling me to spend more time in there, more time investing, more time speaking out the plan of God, more time speaking those things out, more time praying those things out, more time investing in those areas. How much time are you doing that? How much time are you spending in that area? If you'll do that, if you'll do, if you'll do that, things will become much clearer for you. And questions that you've had will become, they, you, you might have to still make a decision to submit. But things will become more and more clear to you. Like I said, this is a subject that has just been, the Lord's really been, uh, once again, bringing me back to it personally. And it's something he's brought me to a lot over the years. But here lately, he's really been driving this home with me. Now, what does that mean? Is he got me, for me to do something else? Is he sending me to Africa? I don't know. <laughs> But he wants me to stay in a position where I'm open and I'm pushing forward. And no, I don't think he's sending me to Africa. But. <laughs> she doesn't want me there when she's there. Is that it? That's it. She's shaking her head. That's right. Okay. All right. We know the truth about Sister Edna. No. Not enough room on that continent for both of us. But anyway. <laughs> 
It's something we, we've got to keep in front of us. I want to challenge you this morning. And like I said, this is something I believe today there are folks here that, that, that the Lord is endeavoring to get some things across to you. He's been endeavoring to get some things across to you. He's been endeavoring to listen, to pick some things up. Been endeavoring to, 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 to pick up some things and, and to move on in some areas and to move forward in some areas. Man, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to be willing to do that. No matter how young, how old you are, be willing to do whatever he asks you to do. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.